As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 40. This is Writing Excuses, Fixing Character Problems, Part 1. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And this is going to take more than 15 minutes. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And the reason this is a part one is with our new format we started last year, we have different teams of podcasters. And I want to try something where we pitch some of the same questions at one team and then the next team and see how the answers get shaken up um, and see how it feels different because this is, a, this is really a method podcast right here, this one where it's like, how do you go about this specific thing? And in this case, it's how do you go about fixing problems with characters? Um, and so we're going to pitch a f most of these at Howard and Dan um, because Mary and I will be next because week Because we write really problematic characters. <laughs> yes. Well. well, you are one, so. <laughs> Makes it easy. <laughs> so my first question is, readers say your character's boring. What do you do? Make them interesting. Ooh, okay. Wow, thanks, Dan, for mm. that insight. Yeah, yeah anytime. Okay, um, so what I like to do with my characters is to figure out, and, and I've talked about this before, is how they are specifically related to this plot. Not in the sense that the plot is driving them, but, you know, what, what about this plot matters to them? What is hurting them? What choices are they making that no one else in the same situation would make? And often when the character is boring, it's because those links 
are very oh, soft. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. See, and I'll I'll often approach it from the the more plot driven way, which is to ask, what is in as cliched terms as possible? What is this character's role in the story? Is this supposed to be the plucky sidekick? Is this the protagonist? Is this the uh, you know grizzled veteran hero? Whatever. Um, what is but what is their role in the story? Um, what are the things that they are supposed to be doing in order to move the story forward? And then I follow that up with what is the most interesting slash destructive slash unexpected way that they could fill that role, even if it breaks the story. You know, it's those I, I put those answers on the table because often as I'm coming up with that, something will shake loose and I'll realize, oh, wait, that that is that's so crazy. It just might work. Because that's not cliched at all. So that's interesting because when I've had this problem, sometimes it's the opposite problem, meaning I have confined a character too much to a role and I'm not allowing them to grow. In fact, the no, rec- and that's, yeah. that is absolutely, that is, that is spot on. There are, there are so many kinds of problems I can have with a character. Usually when they're boring, it's because they're not doing anything interesting. And I start with the interesting things they have to do. Sometimes they're boring because the things they're doing are predictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, even mm-hmm. if they're interesting things, they're predictable because they're fitting the story role too closely. And then, you know, I ask the same question. What's the story role? What, what sort of extracurricular story roles can they fill in interesting ways? I, I think for me, the way I handle it depends on whether I'm talking about a, a main character, a point of view character, or a secondary character because I don't handle it quite the same way uh, for the two characters. Well, talk us through the different ways. So with the point of view character, I find that when they are boring, uh, it's usually having to do with the reader is not enjoying being along for the ride with them. So this often means that I have to give them something that they are passionate about that isn't directly related to the story, or I have to look at the ways that they are connected, as Dan was talking about, to the story, that, that I haven't sufficiently developed those. When I'm dealing with a secondary character, what I'm looking at are the external attributes of the character, whereas with a main character, it's all the internal attributes that are, are that, that I think the reader is primarily responding to. So with a secondary character, there I'm looking at uh, trying to make sure that I bring out a quirk or do something to make them uh, more specific and distinct, but it, it's much more dealing with uh, the way they are expressing and moving through the world rather than the way they are experiencing the world, which is the way I tackle it with the main character. So the times I've had the most trouble with this, I've found that solution for me either is to make the character more proactive. Mm -hmm. This character doesn't, oftentimes they just aren't doing enough. Um, Everybody else is doing things around them and they need something to work on themselves. Or as the story I've shared before, when Dan read one of my more recent, it's been a few years now, books, and said, the main character is the most boring one. Uh, everybody else has, uh, you know, passions about life and has character arcs, and your main character is static and is playing a straight man for everyone else to bounce off of, which it's okay to have someone play the straight man for people to bounce off of, but when it's your main character and most of the viewpoints are from that person's viewpoint, it's going to be end up being a boring story with this kind of hole at the center of it with all these active things happening around them. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing, we talked uh, a few months ago about flanderization and, uh, you know, where a character just becomes 
a quirk or a caricature of themselves. And so I find, you know, I, I don't do a lot of pre-work on, on characters all the time, but I try to, if I know I'm going to have a big cast, write up a quick sketch of who they are and try to make that as round as I can. Because if a character's boring, what's often going on is that I am just writing them the same way in every scene. Mm-hmm. They're not who they, yeah. they, you know, they're not themselves. They're just that version of themselves that was in chapter one. And so going back to that initial pre-write and saying, oh, there are all these other facets that didn't show up in the first chapter and I've been ignoring them. I need to find a way to pull those in. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's stop and talk about our book of the week, which is The Heroin Complex. Heroin Complex by Sarah Kuhn. Um, this was pitched to me as uh, The Devil Wears Prada with Superheroes. It is a fun, kicky, literally often uh, story <laughs> about uh, the personal assistant, told through the point of view of the personal assistant to a superhero. Okay. Um, and uh, there are demons from another plane coming through, and the demons imprint on the first thing that they see, and the story opens with them having come into a cupcake shop. So she is fighting demonic cupcakes, uh, which kind of tells you the tone all the way through. 
The thing that I love about this is that while it is about superheroes, it's actually about the interpersonal problems between the characters. And I think that Sarah does a really good job of having characters that are uh, very extreme, larger than life, but also very rounded. Mm, excellent. The heroine complex. By Sarah Kuhn. All right. Question for you guys. And I'm going to ask this to the next week's podcasters as well. Are there times you've pushed yourself on a character and been rewarded? Meaning the character was okay, but some of the feedback came back. Maybe this character's a little bland, or you thought this character isn't living up to what everyone else in the story is doing, and you pushed yourself, and it worked. I've got a great one for this. So in the serial killer books, in book one, there is one character whose entire job is A, to have a father who's a cop, because I needed that particular thing to come out in a scene, and B, to be really attractive so that my obsessive stalker main character could fixate on her. That character was Marcy, who by the end of the trilogy became many people's very favorite character. And that's because the writing group kept saying, you know, she is so one-sided and cliche. We, We need her to be more than just the hot girl. And so pushing and giving her extra sides and giving her more to do uh, really paid off. Excellent. Yeah, one of my favorite moments, and this wasn't something that uh, grew out of reader feedback, it was the realization that, uh, and I realized this five years ago, Sergeant Schlock is an iconic character. He's a character who doesn't get much of an arc. If you look at who he is in book eight versus who he is in book 10, Book two, he's always just kind of got a four-point moral compass. Kill it, eat it, talk to it, take a bath in it. Um, You know, those are what he does. And in book 13, um, I killed him uh, and brought back a clone that had lost four days. Uh, And a lot of people were, you know, kind of shocked at that. Oh, my gosh, you've upended your whole story. How does this change the whole dynamic of how can you kill characters and what I was setting up was something that I really wanted to do in book 16, which was Schlock growing a conscience, where he is in a prison cell and is actually mourning over having killed people because he's killed a lot of people. And it set up one of my very favorite scenes, which a lot of people have emailed me about and said, wow, I was not expecting this amount of power in a story, and it was a little concept that a soldier's sacrifice is not dying. A soldier's sacrifice is killing so that other people don't have to, because killing hurts. And I couldn't tell that with any of the characters other than Schlock uh, because it would ring too heavy. And with him, I sort of tricked people into thinking it was jokey, and then it was heavy anyway. (laughs) Um, But that... That was incredibly pushy. And I remember one of the, actually, neighbor kid came over and asked me, why did why did Schlock have to grow a conscience? I had to tell him, it, it's okay. He'll kill things again someday. <laughs> Just so not in the same way. How did you make this decision? Like, was this early on? Or? It was, no, it was about, uh, it, it would have been, yeah, it was during book 15, Maybe book, actually book during book 12, Force Multiplication, where I realized uh, he's just, whoever he's, whoever he's with, he is the commanding officers, uh, he is their sociopath. They know he's, he's, I mean, he's an alien, and his alien mentality is kind of sociopathic, um, but not in, not in the way that 
you know, human doctors would describe it. Um, and I wanted to move away from that. Well, how do you move away from that? Well, you make him feel bad about things he's done. How do I make that happen? And I spent several years thinking about it, you know, on and off. It's not like I was sitting there staring at the wall. Um, but, uh, but when it happened, um, one of the things that I had to do, and this is one of the reasons it's so challenging, um, I can't just go back. I can't mm. just have Schlock be all excited about going into combat and killing things. Um, I have to have, there, there has to be, there's, there's a governor on that now. There's a, there's a temper, there's a, there's a, there's a gauge, um, and it's a little bit different. And it's, I have to keep track of that. Dan, with your character, Marcy, mm-hmm. how did you do it? Their first person narrative is from John's viewpoint. How did you say, I'm going to take this character and like, what were the steps you took? The, the first big step uh, is in book two, where John goes to a high school event with Brooke, one of the other characters. And that is the first time he really sees Marcy through the lens of somebody else's experience. He's, you know, she's not just the girl he stares at. She's an actual person and she carries on conversations and she has things that she likes and things that she doesn't like. And, and uh, you know, kind of the, the very simple conceit of let them talk about the town. Some of the girls love living in this little town. Some of them hate it. Some of them want to escape it. Um, and so showing three or four opinions all about the same thing is a, is a nice shorthand to say, look, she's an individual. She's a person that stands out from everybody else. Um, and so starting there and then building into book three when I just made her a main character and, and kind of built everything around her. I think one of the other things that I saw you doing as well um, is that she had interests that were not connected to the plot. And and you let us see them and as as glimpses in her relationship with her family as well. And a lot of times when uh when there's a character in this role of the 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 super hot girl, mm-hmm. um, which is uh is a problem character uh, a lot of times the, the the love interest who doesn't exist except as a trophy. Yeah. Um they don't exist except in that role, and uh, and they don't um, they don't appear to have an arc of their own, which you set her up to have an arc of her own, and then brutally murdered her. Which is <laughs> spoiler warning. Um, yes, and the book's been out long enough. <laughs> I know, I know. One one of the one of the things I did specifically with her in book three, um, because I knew I had set her up in that problematic space mm-hmm. of you know she's just the hot trophy, and so I immediately tried to undercut that. Um, with giving her, um, what's, what's the right word? One of her hobbies is shopping because she's trying to get a good deal. And so that takes this specific aspect of her appearance and then recontextualizes into this completely other thing. She's not trying to just look good for the sake of looking good. She just likes finding great deals on clothes. And that's what's more important to her. All right. We're going to have some homework, which I think is one of the most amusing pieces of homework we've come up with. Howard, you're going to tell us about this. Okay. Take your very favorite character that you have created, um, hopefully something in a current work in progress because it might be more useful to do this in that context, but somebody who is just interesting and dynamic and and works well for your story. Take that character and write a couple of scenes in which you absolutely break them. Make them boring. Make them non-proactive. Make them stale. Make them cliche. 
wreck them, do everything wrong, and and yeah, and and just wreck them. And I mean, you don't need to actually kill them because we'll talk about that later. The point of this being that sometimes in order to diagnose problems, you need to break them down to their components and see what your natural instinct will be when you're making someone boring so you can better recognize it later. Um, I'm really curious to see if this works for you guys, so post um, on the forums and let us know. All right, this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.